Hey, I'm Bert, and welcome to Season 2 of Dabbing with Washington Artists. If you're new to the show, the idea is simple. Six questions, six dabs. So pull up a chair, light your torches, as we interview the artists that make Washington, Washington. For today's series of dabs, we will begin our smoke session with a trophy wife, a cherry cookies, and a strawberry pop-tart. And we will round out the session with an AK-47, a cheetah piss, and a Chernobyl. Hey, what's going on? It's Nomad. This is Dabbing with Washington Artists. Hey everyone, I'm Bert, and we are Immature Stoners, and this is Dabbing with Washington Artists. And uh, today we are joined once again by our man, Nomad. Uh, good to have you with us again, man. Great to be back, man. And uh, so this is going to be your first solo interview, because mm-hmm. you were... I'm sorry... Uh, you, you were with your buddy last time. Yeah, Jay Furley. Thank you, Jay Furley. Uh, shout out to him. I know he's on my, my Facebook, so, you know. <laughs> um, so, ready to get stoned? Ready to get blasted? All right. Well, for our... Uh, <laughs> I love some of these names. Uh, for our first one, we've got some Trophy Wife. Trophy Wife. You know. We do, yeah. Yeah, it smells like Trophy Wife. <laughs> oh shoot, here we go. Dab number one. Dab 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 Washington artists. Trophy Wife is a well-balanced hybrid with gentle terpene profile of sour herbs and hints of diesel and is known for its physical and mental high that lasts for hours. We scored a gram of these saucy diamonds at a shop on Center Avenue in Tacoma. It's like mellow. Well, you still know you're about to get punched in the chest later. <coughs> There's the later. <laughs> All right, made it through the rain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as you know, uh, we like to ask everybody, uh, what role does cannabis play in your creative process? Like an everyday additive. Like working in the studio as much as I do, I cannot go through my day without starting to like engage the creative side of my mind. And again, when you do everyday work. You got you run into a routine, mm-hmm. so I feel like we just kind of like refreshes my my passion for music in the moment, and also okay. like takes it away from being a job to also being like an activity. Okay, all right, yeah, helps it feel more like you're you're actually just doing something that you're you just enjoying. You yeah, know, on the fly because I wanted to because I was high and I wanted to make music. There you go. It's like oh, I'm showing up to do a job. Hell yeah. Um, and uh, do you have any particular uh, favorites going on right now, like favorite strains, uh, Indica Sativa? Uh, right now I'm a big apple fritter guy. Like I don't know why, okay. I just cannot go wrong with the apple fritter. And then uh, Mimosa too. I'm definitely like a big hybrid Sativa guy. Yeah, um, yeah. Just because, again, it keeps me kind of like in the active mentality instead of passing out in a chair <laughs> trying to make music. Been there before. When I was a kid, I could smoke so much Indica. It was ridiculous. I hit 23 and all of a sudden it's just like I'm out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, the sativas are like my coffee in the morning now, you know? Like, yeah. Wake up, do a couple of those, and just, all right, yeah, got my energy going. But, yeah, I need the Indicas at night. Got to go to sleep, you know? Yeah, just sitting there tossing, turning, and thinking about, like, oh, man, it'd be great if I got a cheeseburger right now. <laughs> I said, I need to go the fuck to bed. <laughs> Maybe I'll get up and pace for a little while, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that sounds way more accurate, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah no, that, that sounds like my night a couple nights ago. God damn it. <laughs> right on, man. Perfect. <laughs> so for our next dab for today, we've got some cherry cookies. 
Cherry Cookies is an indica-dominant hybrid with a rich terpene profile of sweet berries and nuts with subtle undertones of baked goods and is known for its tendency to leave the smoker feeling creative and relaxed, but not couch-locked. We found a gram of these saucy diamonds at a shop on 88th Avenue in Kent. Going for a schmega dab. Schmedium dab. Schmedium dab. Schmedium pie. No, I'm going back in. There you go. <laughs> this is the kind of persistence we uh, admire on the show. <coughs> so how am I going to know what I'm enjoying and what I'm not? There you go. <coughs> that I almost like better than the first. Yeah. <coughs> that cherry is awesome. Oh, there you go. So the only thing we'd like to ask everyone, um, how has living in Washington affected your sound or your uh, or your process or your work here? Keep bringing up important a question that is for real. We have something so weird here where it's like on the cusp of folk rap, but not at the same time. And when you hear, you know, you know what I'm talking about when you hear like a Seattle rap individual, and I'm talking about they encapsulate everything about that. It is so unique. And I've worked with so many, and I can't even tell you what it is. I think it's like an attention for A, community, B, like to be weird as hell. Uh-huh. C, to kind of throw convention out. Like, I'm a huge fan of experimental music, like Linkin Park or like uh, Circus Survive. Absolutely. Um, just because, like, there's no rules about how you're going to communicate your music to your audience. And that's what I do like about Washington hip-hop so much is, like, we don't care. Yeah. We really don't. We don't care if we're hopping on waves, making waves saying uh, all convention mm -hmm. um, is beyond just being unique. It's like just like an individuality that I really like. And for me, like if I started making my music anywhere else, like if I was in New York or Atlanta or California, I'd probably feel a little more pressured to conform. Right, right, right. Like, ah, oh, I'm gonna have to go to the shows or talk to an agent and I know what he's gonna say, you know, like this is good, but you know, we need you to fit inside a box a little better. And that's not really, what I like doing in music anyways. Right. And I think that's because of Washington a lot. So it's not even just a non-conformist thing. This Washington just, I don't fucking care what everybody else is doing. We're just... <laughs> yeah. In every extreme, too. I mean, think about this. You know, you got the majority of the landmass as a red state. And, like, a very small populated area as the blue. Like, we literally don't care. We can be anywhere in the state, have any opinion we want, stand by it, and go back to our houses. Absolutely. For that, I gotta love it. Absolutely. Oh, fuck yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. Uh, that's actually kind of a new take for me. Uh, I like I like that. That's a good one. I mean, you got a little mosey hiding up in this sector, you know right. what I'm saying, or right. like where he originated from, and then you got people from the CD which aren't even that far away with a completely different wave. Mm -hmm. But mosey also set off an entire subsection of artists that want to make that sound. You know, right. before that point, it wasn't like a lot of people were like, "This is Seattle's wave." It's like, right. nah, this is a camp in Washington." that's near Seattle <laughs> right. or in any other sector. You know, if you got martial law band, you know, that's central Seattle mm -hmm. is what you'd, I guess, target them as. But they go anywhere and do what they want. Still hitting places that don't even rap like them or perform like them. Right. And I know a lot of places are like that for sure, but I haven't run into it like Washington has just because we got so many little pockets. Yeah, it, absolutely. Tacoma yeah. hip hop, not the same shit. No, but, no, but, not, but you might even start talking thing. some shit about Seattle. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, we used to be the same area code. 
at one uh-huh. point. Like it, things just happen and people get really attached to certain ways to make music. And then you and all your friends are doing it. There you go. Yeah, now I just have it in my mind some dude in Tacoma talking shit about dicks and be like, nah, we got Frisco Freeze down here. We got Frisco <laughs> I heard of that. Don't make fun of me. Frisco Freeze? We gotta go. We gotta go. Yeah, that. no, I'm gonna have to check that out, especially after this third nap. Holy yeah, hell. Way, way better than fucking dicks. Just next time you're down in Tacoma, give it a shot. I know it's sacrilegious just to say that dicks is not like the goat. But fuck your it's fries. Not. Fuck your fries. Why are they always soggy and hard? It's at the not. Same time? Dick, I don't know what it is, but like Dix is like out of towner like place to come to. Yeah. Whether no, like go to like Pickwick or something. Go to a Pickwick. Yeah, you see, you're on the sub now. You know, like if go you to wanted to go look for in Seattle, Pickwick. You yeah. know, fuck yeah. Anyway, yeah. So some some we're gonna spark some like conversation on that one. They're gonna be like, well, fucking talking shit about dicks. What? <laughs> It's not a star controversy. I'm being true to self. <laughs> it's not a clout crap. Um, so for uh, our third dab for the day, we have actually a newer one. Uh, this one's some strawberry Pop-Tarts. Strawberry Pop-Tart is a terpene-infused hybrid with a rich and distinct taste of baked goods, particularly strawberry Pop-Tarts, and is known for its tendency to leave the smoker detached and spacey. We found a gram of this sauce at a dispensary in Route 99 in Linwood. Some shit that a girl would, but from like fucking, um, like a body shot. I'm not joking. Like you know, rub it on your lips or on your fuck. <laughs> That's so weird. Right. Yeah, it literally tastes like the aired essence of lush. <laughs> like candle air. <laughs> So you spend a lot of time in studio uh, helping others with their music, uh, but you have. But do you have any upcoming releases or songs we should be watching for? Um, releases, not quite right now. I do have a lot of features going around right now, just because I've been trying to tap in more of my artist music, <laughs> and a lot of times getting like deep into the creative process. We're like, this, this is both of our songs <laughs> already, and I do not like to push anybody for features. It's more like if this beat is right, if we think it's going to be like you know. We're going to be benefiting from us both having our voices on it. Let's do it. So I got a couple. I got a song called Designer Things with Marlo Meezy. Um, you'll find more of these links later. Um, I got a song coming out with my guy Guapo. SLG Guapo has been making the rounds in the hip-hop scene recently. Um, actually, we're working on like a whole tape. If I'm allowed to spill that bit, what it's like, I guess I'll keep that one under wraps. But it's going to be a little leapy. Okay. And definitely me like getting back to my roots of actually singing and not just rapping. So that'll be really fun. Um, my last recent release was Act Like That. I didn't have that out last time I was here. Okay. I uh, did that one. So check that one out, guys. Yeah, please. That one's uh, featuring Des Looney. Dude's crazy vocalist, R&B reminiscent of like Chris Brown, The Weeknd, you name it. Um, you know, just a little bit about you know, finding yourself after relationships. And it's probably my favorite thing I've dropped so far. And after I hit that, I was like, okay, I need to lock back in. Like, mm-hmm. I love what happened so much in that track that I was like, this is changing how I want to make my music. Okay. Especially if I'm going to put so much time and effort into the vibe of my songs and then put it out and be like, eh, I could have done better on the vibe. You know? Okay. I get endless hours to mix my music, but when it comes to, like, that I do the song uh, organically how I wanted it, mm-hmm. those lines sometimes get blurred because I'm just like, oh, I need, like, a commercial success or, you know, I need something that's polished. 
instead of just being an artist. Right, right. So I've really had to like recalibrate what it is for me being an artist outside of being an engineer. Okay. Last year, I haven't dropped since, I want to say July of last year. Man, it has been a while since you've been on the show then, huh? Yeah. It's been <laughs> fat, man. And even with Jay Furley, that was off uh, Supergirl, or, yeah. And that was a collab, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that was his beat, and then we put it on, and I started humming, and he's like, bro, no, we need this. And definitely one of my favorites, because he's an amazing producer. He's still very much active. Make sure to follow him if you didn't from last show, because Hell yeah. I was working. All right. Uh, so our fourth dab of the day is classic here. Some AK-47. AK-47 is a sativa dominant strain with a sour earthy flavor and is known for its tendency to leave the smoker feeling social and creative. We found a gram of this terpene infused sauce at a shop on Capitol Hill. In fact, so much of an OG, I can't really see it in stores for flour much these days. You don't find it, although I've been seeing some of the old the old uh, classics coming up. Like which ones? Like White Widow. Um, White Widow is back? Yeah. That used to be all I uh, train wreck. Um, Whoa. At least I've seen those recently. In fact, I think Fred certainly had some train wreck on the show recently. You know the one that I've never seen back since it's hype in like 2015, 2016 was um, Dark Star. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and when they sold it with, um, with Skywalker, OG. There's a strain from way back that I would kill to see come back again. It's uh, the Pink Pez uh, lines. So, like, Pink Pez, uh, I feel like uh, I uh, cotton candy, all that, <coughs> stuff, that shit. That was the first weed I ever had that straight up tasted like fucking cotton candy. Like, it was fucking delicious. Hydrate before we go in. What uh, is this number? Hey, I'll hydrate. This is the fourth. I already can't count to four. four. It's, not a, it's not a good sign. There it goes. Okay. <laughs> Mercy. You got this. So, uh, so you spend a lot of your time engineering and running studio sessions for artists. Uh, what are some of the challenges you face in the studio, and what advice would you give to artists who are new to the studio process? That's a great question, and the fact that I'm this high. It's not a good combo. I like number one. I would just recommend that people like get used to and being comfortable with being told they could do something better. And I don't mean like they have <coughs> no ability to come into the studio and do exactly what the fuck they came there to do. Mm-hmm. It's just that everything can be improved upon. Okay. And if it wasn't me, they're going to. It would hopefully be somebody just as good or better than me. Mm-hmm. Who's probably gonna have five more years under their belt? Who's probably gonna have less tolerance for bullshit? You know what I mean? So you can come into a studio session really wanting to make a great record and not come either a prepared with the energy, with the mic, like performance that you want. And the engineer will tell you exactly what you need to make that track exactly what you got in your head. Okay. And I hope that process for beginning artists is a lot less like. A hurdle to cross over. Okay. Is what I'm saying. Because, like, it's really easy to get comfortable with the engineer, especially mm-hmm. if they're on your vibe and they like the music you're making. Okay. Super easy. You just got to be willing to, like, get in there and, you know, have room for error. Sure. Try a couple times. Punch in, but don't 
feel like, you know, like you've got to do it a certain way. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe just get creative with the way that you're recording your track. Okay. Try layers. You know, don't just one take or one track everything because layers and presence really just adds this character that everybody loves to hear. You know, you can't really do a whole lot with just one vocal on a beat you got off YouTube. So mm-hmm. you got to get a little creative, especially if that's how you're doing it and going YouTube hunting. Okay. Um, I think maybe a third, because again, this is a huge question you asked. Sure. It's just yeah. like, look outside of even YouTube beats. Mm-hmm. 90% of my clients will bring through something they've scrolled through on YouTube without like going to the producer or the link or the beat stars page and just securing the lease. Because mm-hmm. if they blow up like they want and they get like 100,000 views, the copyright and she's going to come right for them. And maybe they don't. Sometimes they don't actually have people on their radar. But at some point, if you want to be successful and famous off of this music, it's like I said before, just being prepared. you got to come into the whole game prepared. Mm-hmm. And it sucks when like you see people get caught up with like, oh, yeah, now now we're artists. But there's a couple things you got to cross over to really get the business side of it going. Right. Unless you really just do it for fun, which honestly, I love doing that, too. For sure. A lot of people view studio sessions like therapy and they say it as such just because like it lets them get out Be whatever creative exercise, you know, their their you know, creative processes. Yeah. Yeah. It also just vent a little bit, you know. Yeah, that, that too. But yeah, and I guess wrap up your original question, just becoming ready and trying to fail, because that's the fun part. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So god damn it, the name on this one. Uh, <laughs> oh jeez. The, our fifth tab today is Cheetah Piss. Oh. This one's very It makes me not want to hit it. <laughs> this one actually tastes really nice. Like, we, we've sampled these before. I'm trying to think of, like, the board meeting for this name. Yeah, yeah. Other people approved it. You know? <laughs> and my brain smells piss. It's not like I'm smelling, like, oil. It's amazing how suggestible people can be. I know. <laughs> no, the subconscious is crazy. Oh, my God. Cheetah Piss is a sativa-leaning hybrid with a complex terpene profile of citrus and cheese and is known for its tendency to leave the smoker feeling elevated and chatty. We scored a gram of this saucy butter at a shop on Evergreen Way in Everett. I admired your dedication to the Cheetah Piss on that one. If you're going to do Cheetah Piss... So, uh, as we have mentioned before, this is your second time on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how would you say that you have uh, grown or developed as an artist since we saw you last? Uh, <coughs> you mentioned that you're doing more on the production end. Um, yeah. So, how did that how did that all come about and all that? Um, that's the production end, specifically the engineering. Like, I just mm-hmm. really like vocals. Okay. I don't know what it is. I just like working with the way that the human vocal does shit. Okay. You work with 10, 20... <coughs> 200, 100 people, whatever, you start to really hear like the differences and how the human voice really works. Mm-hmm. And it's like a huge sliding scale and getting familiar with it is awesome. I, I can't really, I nerd the fuck out with what I do, I'm not gonna lie. That's great. And so that's why I like doing that a little more, but I learned <coughs> definitely something <coughs> from every single one of my clients. You know, like, I don't know, I just like kind of understand how people should be on a, a microphone, but like how uh, like poetry and lyricism and like music are all kind of tied up together. Mm-hmm. And it's taught me a lot. And I've used a lot of it just on my features with my friends, you know what I'm saying? To kind of keep myself in the gym and- Right, right. You right. know, <laughs> to at least keep like myself practiced. Um, so when I do finally get this body of work out, 
or singles or whatever's coming next, I don't really quite know yet. It's gonna be not just one different, but like what I've been trying to do this whole time with my sound, mm -hmm. which is a lot more even blend of like really good vocals mixed with really good lyricism. And I mean like right down the middle. Like okay. if, I'm just not, if I'm not singing enough and it's just too many bars, I'm doing something wrong. If I'm just like uh, doing too much you know, singing or whatever the backwards is of what I said, I'm high as fuck right now. <laughs> I'm trying to get more on that middle with my sound and act like that was definitely where I was trying to be. Okay. So it'll be more of that, but less like sad shit and more just like melodic hip hop. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, <coughs> since, since you were last on the show, then uh, what would you say? Um, what would you say, which work would you be most proud of that you, that you did or, or the most developed? Of my own or something yeah. I've worked yeah. on? Yeah, of your own. Um, I'd say it's probably two. Um, the one I usually always show people is different routes just because that was almost exactly what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. I had to be catchy, but I also had to be like bar, 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 bar <laughs> without being annoying type shit. Okay. And that was produced by an artist named, uh, sorry, a producer in the city named The Heist. Um, I think it's at the heist on Instagram. Crazy talented, really active on the gram right now. Um, I think that just like kind of got me over the hump of like backpack hip hop because I did okay. a lot of like boom bap. All right. A lot of boom bap. I used to be in a hip hop group back here in the day. Okay. And we did like almost straight up just like underground boom bap. Like, <laughs> okay. All right. It was fun, but not, not where I'm trying to go. Not where you're trying to go now? Yeah. Awesome. All right. So for our number six for the day, we have some Chernobyl. I'm gonna radiate our shit. Still, I'm not really getting a whole lot of flavor off that. Okay. Interesting. I bet this one's going to sneak me. You think so? Yeah. Hit in a second. So, uh... <coughs> no, no worries, man. You're good. No, I'm actually good. It's just... <coughs> damn. That shit lingers. <laughs> <coughs> All right. Here we go. So now that things are starting to go back to normal after the pandemic, do you feel that the music scene has changed? And how have these changes affected uh, your process and your uh, business? Um, I don't really feel like it's been affected as far as the business, but I okay. feel a lot of change. Like, okay. Um, right before the pandemic happened, like we had a really cool little like <coughs> bubble of talent going on. Um, like Macintosh had just gotten signed. We had like Jay Park come back. Uh, Jay Loud got signed. Um, Travis Thompson had just gotten signed to Epic and shit like that. And like, it felt like left and right, people were like starting to notice that Seattle had a lot of like major league artists. Okay. All these people like, you know, ready to enter like the actual music scene. There was something different in the air and that's the only way I can describe it. I've said that to a couple people about what was like about to happen without 
the interruption mm-hmm. of COVID because it really did, especially like <clears throat> like artists just trying to get their money from shows. Like it was hard to find a way to get income off just doing music. And so you have to do things that are going to distract you, like getting a more solid job or, you know, just being affected by not being able to go to the studio if you don't have one. Right. You know, if you don't have one at home. An or easy access. Because yeah. we were a non-essential business. Right. Like I was running a lot of my sessions as a non-essential business when it first happened because I had to make money. Sure. Yeah, a yeah. lot of the major ones and a lot of the major artists at the time didn't have a place to record. Mm-hmm. So let's, I'd say it affected everybody else's process because at least I had the skill to record at home. Mm-hmm. And I guess that would go back to one of your other questions about like, you know, how would an intro artist go into the studio mm-hmm. a little more prepared is record from home or try to because the more practiced you are or if you can do that when you can't go to the studio but you have like a halfway decent audio recording, you can show it to your engineer and he has a more accurate view of where you're trying to go with your music. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I don't really think anything really affected it that much besides just what I know we will continue to have. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, it was a major roadblock for everybody. For sure. So, um, do you see, uh, do you think you see things changing for the better here soon? Yes, very much yeah. so. Just because, like, I've seen so many active private shows go up. Mm-hmm. Like, you have um, the shows that are always going on the Cafe Racer now. You got the crocodile renewed and up, going back and doing his thing. Um, so shows itself and opportunities to perform are at least cropping up now. Mm-hmm. And a lot more that I'm actually paying attention. Like, um, tomorrow is going to be the Emerald City Gala. It was supposed to be last week, but the ice storm right. shut everybody in. So everybody should be going to that. Should be. <laughs> I would like. So that's going to be going down. Um and regardless of just like things that are happening in the city, I see a lot more artists just getting active on the stories, making music videos, you know, reminding people that, hey, we're here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm really confident. I really am. And I'm seeing more and more talented, like focused people in the studio than ever. It's not just people trying to waste time and have fun and okay. um, just, you know, be in the studio. Right. I'm seeing people working on projects again, mm-hmm. you know, like working on like concepts and you know, things that matter to be talked about. And it's, it's good for a bit. I didn't see that because we were all kind of heavy in what was going on at the time. Right. You know, it's not easy to make really, you know, happy or spirited music when we all don't know what the fuck's going on around us. Absolutely. Um, so it hit everybody differently for me. It helped me actually focus a little more Okay. because I knew if I didn't want to do anything else, why not try to go full into the, the music business when the world's falling apart. Right. For lack of better words. We're almost going to need music right to the end. Yeah. You know, like, always. So for some people, I actually helped, like, get back into a studio and actually record. And a lot of the music was heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, heavy, heavy. But it was good. Like, it was an outlet. So I'm happy that existed. Oh, yeah. Got through. Got people through it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Awesome, man. Oh, well, dude, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, hopefully you had some fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You feeling nice and toasty now? Way too toasty. <laughs> I want to drink a few more of these. Good idea. <laughs> right on, guys. Well, uh, thank you for joining us today. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, we very much appreciate it. And make sure to check out our new uh, merch website at www.immaturestoners.com. And uh, buy some cool shirts. We have some cool shit. Thank <laughs> you.